All right, guys, welcome back to the Chaos and Lace podcast. I feel like I'm echoing really bad. I gotta be a little bit more quiet. There we go. So today we are gonna be going over, I, I think I had some requests for us to be a bit more structured, which, you know, we both have ADHD, so there's a chance that that might go all over the place, but I do have at least some type of schedule or whatever for us to follow this time. So yeah, chances aren't looking good. Yeah, I know. I'll still bounce all over. <laughs> We're the place. gonna try though. That's that's what you guys come here for, though. You want you want a bit of that chaos, a little bit of a little bit of that lace. <laughs> and yeah, I really enjoyed doing our last one. We got a lot of good feedback. It seemed like everyone really enjoyed the conversation and uh, our attention to detail. So I'm hoping we can do similar with tanking that we're going to discuss. And then we've got some things we're going to go over the desert biome. We'll figure out where we get. But yeah, so I'm trying to think. There's also now there's merch down below if you want to check that out. We have a YouTube channel. So if you want to check out Chaos and Lace over on YouTube, all the good things. We will be on like Spotify and all those places where you guys listen to your podcast because I know that's where I listen to most of mine. But we are going to be a visual medium first. So if you want to catch the full effect of the show, come on over. So you can hang out with us on Twitch. You can hang out there. And then next you can catch it over on the YouTube. And then last, we you know check it out on the podcast if you just want to listen. All right. And I think it's going to go, we're going to put it up on Spotify once we have three episodes. Yeah. It, to, to make it so that you guys are able to find us in that so way. One more to go after this. Right. <laughs> so that we were featured and, and things like that. And that you can find us. They suggest that we hold off until we have three. So yeah, we can dive into this tank discussion. Um, I actually wanted to start by talking about like some of our favorite tanking moments. And one of my favorites I was thinking about that. I can't remember the name of the actual mobs, but it was the twins fight in. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Dude, yes. that was my favorite. I remember. That was so fun. I remember when we were at an LFR and uh, we took. This was in World of Warcraft, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so it was one of the. It was like the first raid, and God, it was. I can't remember the raid. I remember it was in Warlords Adranor that expansion. And I remember we when we were in LFR. I like the regular version too, but I have this distinctly have this memory of when we were in LFR and looking for raid. If anyone's not familiar with that, but. We were obviously way over geared for that because Annie and I have been tanks for a very long time. And we, we kind of, you know, like everyone else, when you, when you go ahead and you jump into LFR to kind of grind out, get some other things that you might need, get the eye level up. But I remember, did we end up soloing the twins? Yeah, at the end of it, like our, our whole entire raid had wipe so, for the most part. And I think it was just like both of us. I was a bear tank, so I could self-heal pretty well. And I think we had a healer up until the end, and then they died too. <laughs> but the health was so low, and we ended up, both Jamie and I, taking down the bosses. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> just so the tanks. <laughs> everyone was getting so pissed because we like we, we could self-heal enough through they kept, they kept telling us to wipe. Like, yeah, they were like, wipe mad. it, wipe it. You guys don't need to do that. And we were like, we felt like gods in LFR because like, we could literally solo the <laughs> fucking boss. But I love that fight. I actually, I honestly think that was one of my favorite raids, especially with Tectus. Tectus. Tectus yeah, was Tectus was really too. good. Gosh, the butcher was really like, good. Crazy though. Tectus was so much fun. I remember like that. I, I miss having games like that, but I don't want to go back to WoW. But I'm really hoping that Ashes will have like that type of that type of feel of like I miss mechanics. So we we've, we've been playing The Rising lately too with some of the community members like Hoshi and Lord. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming and hanging out. So we've been playing that, and it's kind of bringing me back to some of those uh, feelings of having those mechanics and, and all those things. Cause some of the other games we play that you don't have that style of mechanic. And I definitely miss raiding and doing dungeons and, and, and running those things. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most when getting back into like when ashes creation finally comes out. So we're going to kind of get discussed like what we want to see out of tanking. I'm trying to figure out where was the questions they asked. There should be an actual 
question. I don't remember. <laughs> where was it? Gotta look for it. I swear to God, there was an actual prompt, but maybe they didn't. So I, I wrote this whole thing somewhere. I wrote mine. But for me, what, what I like out of tanking and what I think tanks should be and how they should play is I want my damage mitigation. I need some gap closers and some way to... God, was it mitigating damage for... I think I have it up on the Discord. Maybe I put my com my information in there. This is our uh, <laughs> Discord, guys. If you want to come hang out over there, you can check that out. It's under discussions. Yeah, it's on the Discord. Here it is. So my main takeaway was that I like the traditional setup of like you have a tank and an off tank because they were. Yeah, I know there was a prompt. I can't figure out where the prompt went. So, man, I'm echoing. Can you turn your mic just a little bit? Turn it away from me. Yeah, thank you. Oh. I think one of the kids was messing with it because okay. it was like twisted towards you. There okay, we there we go. I was like, I thought we had that set up. Okay, that's better. I had to readjust my webcam <laughs> and like <laughs> yes. all my little like dragon figurines uh, on my desk were all knocked over. Yeah, you like, guys no! can get a different perspective of like, what it's like to be an elder millennial trying to play <laughs> play MMOs and, and games. But yeah, so my main takeaway for that's so much better. Thank you. I was like, man, what changed? So I love like traditional tanking and like the, the so you have your, your main tank and your off tank. And that's one thing I really loved playing with Annie because she's always been like, you know, sitting right next to me or in the same room. So when we tanked, it was like that much easier, I guess. And it was just something that was really fun to do. Uh, and then I guess the question was that they had prompted is, would you like to see dungeons that require more than two tanks, you know, either tank and off tank? And I thought that would be really cool. Yeah. I definitely think that would be fun. So where you have like this thing where maybe there's multiple mobs where either I thought one way to really do it that'd be really cool is that say you have a a boss that has this debuff, right? You get hit with that, you can only take it with a certain amount of times. So imagine because I believe the raids are supposed to be forty mans. So you're gonna have four ten or was that five eight man groups? I feel like it should be like one tanked per 10 people. I think it's actually going to be one tank per eight. So you'd have five eight-man groups. Because what they want to do is make sure that you have all the, all of the different archetypes. So there's eight different archetypes. I actually have that pulled up. Look at that, guys. I became prepared. So there's hey. the archetypes are going to be fighter, tank, rogue, ranger, mage, summoner, cleric, and bard. So the ideal setup is to have one of each of these in your party. Obviously, that might not always happen, but you, you, you want... Oh. Oh, I've never seen this before. You That's haven't seen cool. this? Okay, so, so anyone who's... like a ranger and a summoner, you get a falconer. Exactly. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So if you guys have never seen this, this is all 64 classes that are going to be in Ash's creation. And the way that this works, see, here's that tangent. We'll figure it out. We're all on an adventure together. I'm like, looking at all this. I'm like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so, so the way it works is that your main archetype is what you're going to get your base skills out of, right? So if you're a tank, you're going to have your damage mitigation, you're going to have your clo your gap closers, your poles, things like that. I know the tank already has this chain pole that was a really fun mess with in Alpha 1. So if, say, you switch to, say, as a tank, you also take mage, so your spell shield, that, 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 that pole may now be, you might teleport them to you. So you're going to be able to augment your abilities based off of that secondary archetype which I do want to get into talking about what potentially could these look like. And uh, we'll, before we jump in there, we'll, we'll keep a little bit on task. Yeah, it goes straight to all the different ranger classes. Yeah. Oh, you can't, you can't see what I have pulled up. Um, 
But yeah, so I think tanks should specialize in mitigation, mobility, and threat generation. I think threat generation is really important. And I like I like but when there are encounters where you lose threat and have to pull it back. Like I don't want to be a tank that just sits there. You know what I mean? Like that's not fun. Right, I want to yeah, have to move I, around. I agree completely with that. Right. I, I want to move around. I want to have to like regain threat. I, I like the idea of, I love the chain. So that way, if you notice, cause even in elder scrolls, I think there's a chain ability where if things start pulling away. I can pull them into me. And I love that. I, I really like the chain. That is like 100% like something that all tanks should have. Um, another thing for me when I, when I tank, because when I was in wow, I was always a, I was a prot tank. So a protection warrior. And I was always on like the top of the charts when it came to like my DPS and the amount of damage that I did. So I know that the tanks aren't meant for GPS and I've played games where you can't do damage at all and it does not feel good. When I, when, when you and I are playing Elder Scrolls and I was tanking, like I can't quest. It, it feels really right. bad. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that as well. So I want to make sure that when I'm tanking, like I'm, I'm able to at least stay like, you know, if I'm in, w w how many people did we used to rate with around like 20 and I'd always be up in there like number six or something. Like I want to still stay in like that middle ground. That's more a preference for me. I don't think that's something that needs to, uh, needs to be like that. Well, and I feel like just because you take damage doesn't mean you can't give damage. Like, right. That's I, like because someone had made made a comment in in the forums about it doesn't make sense that you would hold the threat if you're not the one doing the most damage. So if you're fighting a boss and they notice that the DPS is is doing way more damage than you, why would right. they continue to keep attacking the tank where they realize like it is right, it, kind of a disconnect there? Hurting them, you know. Right, so there should be something obviously to pull that mitigation, like to, to, to increase that threat to make it so like there's a reason they want to keep attacking the tank. But it's like, if I get bit by a mosquito, and then I get stung by a wasp, you bet your ass I'm gonna be swatting at the wasp before the mosquito. Right, so so there, <laughs> so that's when they were saying like too, like these encounters should maybe be designed where the tank does need to keep finding ways to generate that threat and to pull aggro back. He's like, it doesn't feel good as a tank to just stand in one spot. I always let, I really love the bosses where mobility was a really big factor, like with the Tectus, where we had to run around and stuff like that, where like Butcher, like the, I can't, I wish, yeah. that the, where you kind of like hot swap back and forth. Like that was okay. I think actually we just stood still and there was one person that would jump between groups, right? Is that how that one It worked? was Hunter. It's yeah, always you the always Hunter. Have Hunter. I played the hunter, so I always had the like little special missions I needed to do. <laughs> right. So, like, I'm thinking of that like goblin in the mech. And oh yeah, you'd uh, always send the hunter off. Speaking of which, I can't even remember which raid that was, but I had to always go up on the belt and shoot the little explosives and things. <laughs> speaking of hunters, the ranger is supposed to be previewed in September, so yeah, I have I'm we so have a little excited. little clip of, the, of that to bring up later on. So when when we were in Alpha One. The, the tank felt really, really good in PvP because you, it was, you were godlike. It was also the only, like, I guess, pure melee class because you also, we also could chest out the cleric and the mage. And by, by the end, mage was pretty much broken, so everyone would use that in the wand because that was the highest damage output. But at the start of Alpha 1, as the tank, you could do, there was this axe throw ability that would kind of zigzag, so if it hit, it could hit multiple targets. So you'd always pop that off. 
chain pull someone in, hit them a couple times, and then I hit like the finisher, and they're dead. And it was it was so much fun. But it was the only time I've ever been a tank in PvP that felt fun. They didn't later on nerf that, and then tanks were back to that feeling of like, why why am I in PvP? And like I, mm-hmm. I get like there's a reason to have it as you're mainly there to support. You're there to take try to you know take aggro and stuff, and then it's never made sense in a lot of games where, yeah, you could maybe misdirect and then it changes the target to have to just press tab to get off of you, but like there should be something that like maybe if for a PvP reason, have the ability to target a player and they can't break like target from you for like a minute that would feel better of like you have to attack me with this taunt yeah well you had said something in a discussion we had about how you can take all this damage from a dragon but then a rogue can just come over and stab you in the back in pvp and you're done for (laughs) right you get stun locked and then it's not realistic yeah it it never felt very good to be like if, if i a lot of times if i did go into pvp i chain spec because being prot or being like a, a, a tank, it just it doesn't feel good. It almost seems pointless. So I would like to see if they're going some way to make it that when we're in PvP, tanks feel like there's a reason to be there. And that's what, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that could be as simple as that just being harder to take them down. Right. Not necessarily doing more damage, just actually having like that. Right. I, sh- I should feel like you're going to need, need like five people to, and like, I'm not talking about like, you know, five people, a couple hits, you're down. It's, it's, it should feel like it takes a bit. And I, I think time to kill is also important of like, how long does it take to kill somebody? And I guess there's a couple ways to go about that. If we, if, 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 cause if you think of like, oh, this is a completely different genre, Lord saying, yeah, I think the archetype system will definitely allow for different play styles and feels to the classes. I definitely agree. Yes. I'm really excited to see how that, that augment system is going to work too of, you know, because people we haven't had the option really in a lot of different games to tank differently unless you're playing a completely different class so i would like to say and they've brought up too like you could use a two-handed weapon as a tank and still have a lot of your abilities so i'm curious kind of like i guess how death knights are and wow if i if memory serves me correctly i might not always want to have to use a sword and board kind of like tank like let me have that variety and I would definitely like to see how that plays in. I'm going to pull this up here. We can speculate a little bit of how, you know, obviously the tank tank. I think that guardian right there, I think that's going to be your typical tank. That's going to be your sword and board, what you think of when you think of tank. But, you know, what does a what does a ranger tank look like? You know, what's that warden look like? I'll be right back one second. Okay. I think our, our podcast is about to be a little bit interrupted. We'll have to cut this for the YouTube. But yeah, so then we go back to what does a paladin tank look like, right? So are they going to be more focused on doing... Um, are they going to be more focused on buffing the party or mitigating party damage? You know, that, that kind of thing. So I would really like to see how did these different classes affect the way that tanking goes, especially with, with any of these ones too. Some of them I have a hard time visualizing of what that even looks like say like the uh, the summoner because we haven't seen that yet but i'm really interested to see what does the summoner tank look like you know what is what is their abilities and their augments again we have no idea of what that looks like but i could see like a mage right so i could definitely see you've got this character that's using a mace and a shield maybe has magic shield something like that maybe even a bubble to pop to, to you know to do some type of stop incoming damage for the party and things like that and there's, there's so many different ways that this could go and it's, it's so goddamn exciting 
I'm back. So let me get back to the. There we go. What was that? Hang on. Can, do you mind just going back to that for one second? This one? Yeah. I saw Beastmaster. I know. You're all excited about the Ranger. Oh, wait. So it changes. Because I looked at Ranger and Summoner with the base class. They're they're different. One's a Falconer. Oh, yeah. If you look at. Beastmaster. Yeah. So if you. So it swaps depending on which one you pick as your first. Exactly. Cool. So, yeah. So. Yeah, so that's where they're getting the 64 from, is because if you choose fighter first and then go to tank, you're going to fortify your fighter abilities with that tank augment, whereas you're with, say, your tank choosing a fighter, you're now going to you're now gonna be able to fortify those augments using fighter skills. So it's definitely really interesting of how that's going to play out, and I'm, I, I, know, I, I believe this system is going to be fully fleshed out in Alpha 2, and I'm very excited to get our hands cool. on it and play with that, yeah. So the base class would be the list of them that are descending downward. Yes. So this yeah, side over here. Okay. Yep. So I'll pick summoner first and then ranger second. So I want to be a beast master. Yeah. So I would assume that's going to allow you to probably summon in more, more beasts to help you and things like that. I can't wait to see the sum because currently I'm thinking that I'm going to, I want to go tank, but I don't know which flavor of tank I'm interested in going into. And that's another thing that's going to be pretty cool is that you are going to be able to choose that, change that secondary. It's apparently there's going to be some type of cost associated, not like monetary cost, but in-game cost. It's not going to be super easy to do, but I believe also your progress that you make in that is going to stay. So, yeah, you're. I wonder what a brood warden is going to be. Brood warden. The summoner and tank. Yeah. See, I I would assume <laughs> from brood, it, it definitely sounds like you're going to be having like a lot of different creatures with you. And then, yeah. yeah, so, like, are you going to have these support animals or whatever that you can summon in? Very, very excited. I One thing that comes up a bit in the community is the name of Tank being, like, the, the archetype, which I guess is, it makes sense, but also I can understand why people are like, man, like, I feel like maybe Guardian should be that, and then they, they, they brought up that maybe Tank Tank, or be Guardian Guardian should be Tank. Instead of calling the Arbit Tank Tank, but I do, I have, I feel the same. There's a couple of names in here that seem a little off, but also I haven't seen the classes yet, so I don't, I don't quite know anything. Yeah, I could, I could see people's opinion on that. They should come up because, like, instead of healer, they have cleric. You know, where was? It? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, should, maybe they should switch it up so it fits in a little better. Exactly, like because tank does sound like you've got fighter, rogue, ranger, mage, summoner, cleric, bard, tank. It just tank seems like like a, a thing that you do, or not so much the archetype. But honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't really matter. No, not really. <laughs> I could see why people bring it up, though. Yeah. Okay. So I think the next thing that if we're if we're off the tank discussion, unless we want to kind of look at some of these others, because yeah, I brought up all my points. Let's see, tanking often comes down to dealing damage or using threat abilities to hold to aggro. DPS players do not like waiting to deal damage. Let's see, a few basic issues I feel exist with threat systems have. And that threat management is not interactive or is too binary. You learn almost nothing from dying to a mispulled boss. Which I would agree with that. Is I don't know how you would change that threat to stop someone from, like... That's kind of a, just a common thing of if someone's going to go and pull the boss, like you're screwed at the beginning there's there's i don't think there's really like any change for the, 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 you just let them leroy it i was gonna point. say the only you stand back and you let them learn a lesson the only thing that you really learn from like just being a dick and pulling for no reason when no one's ready is that you don't do that and that should be the lesson is right 
And I, it's so funny because I, I've, there's so many hunters that I've seen do it, and you've done it too, where you're in a, you're in a dungeon, you go to pull a raid, you go to pull the boss, you're running in, and you know that the hunter just threw the last. You, you pick up the aggro, but you know the hunter was like, eh, I'm going to hit it first. You know like, how many times, though, my pet just went AWOL and attacked the nearest mob, and I was like, no! <laughs> like, why did that just happen? No, realize you've been, you've been out doing quests, and you have it set too aggressive, and then you find out you're getting done. Yeah, 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 yes. I've learned that yeah. the hard way a lot. All right, so, yeah. So, There's a reason it's a stereotype against the hunters. <laughs> yeah, so that's our, our little brief overview of that dev discussion. If you guys still want to give your opinion, if anyone else in chat has opinions on, on your tanks and you want to add to the conversation before we move off of this, go ahead, put some information in there. Otherwise, we're going to move on to a couple other things that we have listed and ready to go. So we're going to move into some speculation now of who is the lovely Sand Mama. <laughs> the Sand Mama. So I have a couple theories, but you wanted to, you had a theory that you wanted to bring up. Yes. So my theory is that she was oh, wait. the one. Before we get into this, should we show the video first? Yeah, okay, actually so, that might be. Okay. Before we get into this, we have this pulled up. <laughs> if anyone is listening over the. Oh, wait, but we were going to actually talk about the desert biome. So maybe, uh, okay, maybe Sam Mama first. Sam Mama, okay. We'll talk yeah. about Sam Mama. Because we're going to get off on a big ta tangent about how awesome the desert is. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so go ahead with your speculation. So I believe that she was the one who saved the world after the exodus and made it livable again, and that she's kind of like the, I don't want to say the creator, but like people view her as, you know, creation and now her statues stand as the symbol of creation and that's where when you res so when you die that's where you get resurrected at is these statues of her it could be true I, I know a few other people were saying too that she could be so for anyone who's unaware of how the uh, the way that jesus words i'm working through it so in ashes creation there was this massive exodus that led people to leave because the, there were there were these things god i can't think of the the hell are they called the agents so they came and they evaded vera which is the planet that uh, that you know ashes takes place on they invade they start this whole corruption and basically a mass exodus happens to a place called sanctus they create these wayports everyone leaves and what's left behind is this mix all these races that go underground and that's how you get this the, the race that we showed previously in the last podcast the tolnar so there's some speculation that she may have actually been the one that protected the Tolnar and that it I, I know some people that speculate it was Resna who's the goddess of hope and then yeah there's also I can't remember I don't know I have it pulled up here I don't know if we have the pantheon of the gods do we have the name of the goddess of creation see we don't have an actual the phoenix is the celestial avatar so let's see you know we're getting some some chatter and chat about wanting to talk about a little bit of about tanking so we'll we'll circle back let's see hoshi says in my experience tanking recently and wow the pressure is on you to position the boss correctly in some fights this is seriously critically important to help everyone else in the fight live and deal damage easily i definitely agree with that as well is that i think that positioning is highly important and, and that's what i would say thing too like i want to see more mobility and like for those fights not to feel static I don't really like those tank and spank bosses. Like it doesn't feel very good. 
and especially since we've been playing V Rising and like how much that, that they move, it would feel very good to have like a tank that's able to kind of redirect that and like keep that focus on you, but control like where everything's moving. Let's see. Tank's also ideal position for raid leaders. I also agree, and that's what I, I think is that. I'm gonna disappear for a second. Okay. My second monitor is freaking out. Okay. <laughs> So I, I agree that with, with tanking there, you end up also doing the leadership role. So I think there needs to be a balance between how much a tank actually needs to do and how much it, to where it doesn't feel so cumbersome that you're not able to communicate with, with the group. Because typically if you're in a raid, you're the one calling out the shots. You're, you're doing this, you're doing that. There may be the off tanks helping you, possibly the healers as well, because I know they tend to be a bit more static, at least in a traditional setup, right? So I, I think there should be... A, a a good amount of needing to do things but also not so overbearing that the tank can't communicate and, and that's the thing too is also allowing tanks to have those tools that reflect that raid leadership I, I can't say I've ever been in a raid where the tank wasn't leading which I, I'm assuming that's most everyone else's experience oh my god I forgot that you were ditching me okay no I'm here I know you're here, but you're not adding to the conversation. I'm all alone. Sorry, I had to. It's all good. It's all good. I had another theory about who the sand mama was. Okay. 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 Make sure that open you hit that. that link. Hit the, oh, I got a link <laughs> to open. Okay. <laughs> let me check this out. Oh my god. It is not. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's the same position, though. It is, is it? Oh my god. Is it the same position? Almost. Oh my god. She's a Pixar mom. <laughs> and the, the. Oh my god. Oh, the they ground rip. too. You gotta show it. I yeah. Oh, is that is that not up? Oh, hold on. No, because. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Okay, there you guys go. Oh no, you can't see it. Everyone else on stream can see it. So <laughs> there we go. We we solved the mystery of the sand mama. It's it's. I can't remember what's her name. Actually, Tafiti. Tafiti from from Maui. <laughs> there we go. At the 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 sand mama has been. <laughs> what the. <f> <laughs> I can't unsee that now. You're welcome. I, we need to make a meme of that I actually, later. I can't, I can't even. I'm not original in pulling that up. I saw somebody else post that. Oh, did you? Oh, no shit. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> so, someone needs to make a meme of that credit, right on Twitter. Credit to them. <laughs> All right, cool. But yeah, so where was I with that? The possibility of it potentially being Resna. And then, so as the Tolnar were, man, we are totally all over the place. I hope everyone's paying attention. You're going to have to take notes if you're going to listen to this podcast. So the Tolnar go underground. You have all these mixed race. They go underground to create the Tolnar. And then it is theorized that she potentially was that protector that kept them safe during the, I think it was like a thousand years that it took for us now as we're coming back to Vera, opening the port, the, the way gates again, because something has reawakened them. And during that time, I believe it was the goddess of creation ends up creating these portals. I'm probably wrong with all of this, and if someone wants to slar me on the lore, that's completely fine because it'll give me more shit to learn. And then we're, we're, something has reawakened the portals, and now we're coming back and going to go and explore Vera. So yeah, it's been theorized as that. We can check out some of this other speculation because I saw this one right here, which I thought was really cool. So for one of the cosmetic packs, and if people aren't, you're, you gotta click that link again so I can show you on stream because you disappeared. Oh wait, hold on. Okay. Maybe there we go. I think I showed you. There you go. You're back. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so this was one of the cosmetic packs, and it talks about the, uh, uh, um, yeah. Okay, cool. So there's there's so many cosmetic packs, and I think it's kind of lost on people what these cosmetic packs are for. Yeah, you can see you get some in-game currency, you get the alpha keys, and and things like that. But what these actually are assets for the game that are being designed. 
So if you want to be an early adopter, you want you want to get in and help. Yeah, you can buy these packs, but what they're showing us is game models that are going to be in the game. We've seen these come to life and to be finished. And essentially, all the ones that we have seen will most likely show up in Alpha 2. So all those finished armors, all those finished mobs, like that's what they're using is... Yeah, you can go in, you can get the, you know, limited time. Really, I know people don't like the FOMO thing. It's just a good way to sell stuff. We can move off of that. I really have no interest in discussing the, the monetization there. Like, it makes sense. It works. If you need funding, it's a good way to do it. If you rent a business, limited time releases is not a bad. But you can see on this dude's loincloth right there, right? This right here. Same symbol. Up in here. Symbol? Same symbol. Same oh. symbol. I pointed out when we first saw that that it looks like the horde symbol. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like the horde symbol. The Warcraft. But their theory is that she may be like the goddess of time, and there's no there's no real lore that comes to this. Well, and she's exactly. in the desert, so sands of time as well. Yeah, and just like Laura was saying, that the better cosmetics will be in game. Like we and we've already seen that. I don't know if anyone's seen the Skimwalker Wolf, one of the achievable mounts that you can get in the game. But that thing looks really yeah. sick compared to some oh, of the cool. other stuff. And another thing too is that all of this stuff is costumes. You're not going to be able to dye it. You're not going to be able to mix, mix and match parts. Like it's a costume. So it's not like someone. I don't know. The argument always is is like I don't want to be running around and see someone who has better gear than me and because they bought it. And it's also like, well. Who gives a shit? Like, people can transmog and wow. Like, I never understood that. It's just transmogging. Everyone knows where you got it. They know it's a store buy. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand the hate for cosmetics. I just don't want to see people running around bikinis. Like, I don't want to see people in jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> or in, like, a bunny costume or whatever Right, I hate that. Yeah, we're playing we're playing Lost Ark and one of the rewards is, like, this, this bunny costume. Like, this is so dumb. Like, don't, I hate that. I... <laughs> Oh God! You, I'm gonna get an old man corner right now. Uh, <laughs> I so fucking hate those type of cosmetics in games. I don't want to see people on skateboards or hoverboards. Like, I'm in a fantasy yeah. game. Please fucking keep it to fantasy. That's my only gripe about cosmetics. Make it fit the friggin' game. But also, yeah, don't don't make the cosmetics look way better. And and they have already over and over and over again. They have said that that's that's not going to be the case. And now they've gone on that tangent. We'll circle back. So their theory of this is that because you know you see the time here. That maybe she has something to do with the God's time. See, like God's time, like sands passing through an hour. Oh, that was a Days of Our Lives reference. Let's see, is there anything else worth mentioning? I didn't read through a lot of this because we had our own. Someone also brought up that this. So you've got the Veiloon. The Veiloon are basically, if you were to take some type of culture to recognize, like in, in our world compared to theirs, the, uh, basically it's like Middle, Middle Eastern cultures. And you can see, because this does look like it's in a desert biome. I need to just next time have this all side by side. You can see that she's got sands, you know, coming coming off of her hands. But if you look at her little sigil there, someone did mention down below that it does look very similar to like some of the Veiloon. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, where is it, that their guess is that it's Lineth, which is Veiloon. Let's see. Lineth's fame, fame in her house lasted a thousand years on the continent of Vandegar on Vera. The Ayla would never forget her, and the clan of the Veiloon might have chosen her sigil and Sanctus to honor her. So, there's definitely a lot of speculations of who she could be, and I think we're that's something we might discover in Alpha Alpha 2. I know they're holding a lot of the lore close to the chest, too. They Like, like Steven, yeah. <laughs> you can tell like, that when makes he... makes it so exciting, though, because we'll get to... You can tell when Steven talks about like it, too. Mystery. <laughs> that he wants to tell everyone about it but he's like it's the one thing he's able to keep his mouth shut about it's always like Margaret always gives him that look 
I love like, I love when the chat I love when chat can pressure him. I can't believe we actually pressured him to show us the Tolnar. It's sweet. I love she when we get him to so spoil bad. shit. You she, tell. She was I like, know. She's like she's like I had something special planned. He was like we didn't do that for the gram review, not 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 the not the concepts. So but you tell she was like. <laughs> I have spent months working on this, Steven. I feel like if she wasn't on camera, she would have eye-rolled. <laughs> I think so, too. I think she was... You could tell... So funny. In the world. Steven's so goddamn funny. So, yeah, so now that we've gone through this, we can move into... We're going to do a uh, show the clip of the desert biome. Again, if you guys are listening on audio, the best way to watch this is definitely come out, hang out on Twitch. Uh, there's also going to be the the, pot, the YouTube channel. I'm going to turn this down a little bit. And then we'll watch this together and we give our commentary on things. But this was really cool. And we at the time, we've been playing Conan Exiles. So there was a lot of that. We saw a lot of... almost literally like upgraded exiled lands to us. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I cannot wait. I just, let's see. Can I turn this quality up? Or am I all the way up? Let's go. There we go. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. The oh, snores. So pretty. I, I just love, love the, care, the the animations too, and I believe this should all be in game. Unreal Engine Five has, is going to take this game to the next level. I love the fucking slime trail. I know it's so great. But yeah, so you can see, I'm honestly starting to think that this may be two separate biomes because you can see this almost. Uh, well, this looks more like Sahara. I would say has more like African. Of, yeah, more like African desert. It kind of has right there there though. That kind of reminds me of like Grand Canyony. That kind of reminds me of uh, the the well, I mean, look at the trees though. Like those are the I don't know what the name of those kind of trees are. They're the ones the giraffes always eat. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I guess it, it almost has like those plains though cuz it's got those plateaus. Almost has like this Arizona, maybe Texas kind of vibe to it. New Mexico kind of era. This though, this, this definitely is screams definitely like yeah, it's a much more like Middle Eastern vibe. But again, too, like if you were to think of like where Africa is, and then you think of where, say, like uh, Egypt, it like I'm not gonna right. it's in Egypt and Africa. God, different... Guys, don't don't lecture me on how yes. I just <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> I corrected myself. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, so if you think of like God, I don't know, I don't know different parts of Africa. But if you were to imagine the Sahara versus like Egypt, you're gonna get a completely different vibe, but they are pretty close together, so these could be kind of like butting up. Well, it does kind of look. There, um, there's a sand mama. The rivery art does kind of look like the Nile. <laughs> the Dune soundtrack. I know it looks. I actually have to watch that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen I it yet. I love the scorpion. Yeah, the scorpion so looks cool. sick, and it wasn't this guy, but dude, that world like that's gonna be a world like a, a raid boss right there. It looks so goddamn cool. It's got Excited. like this this forked. No, I haven't seen the new one. I want to. I want to see it really bad. I just haven't had the chance to see that. I know about Dune, but I haven't seen haven't seen the new one. Don't don't call me out on stream. God damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely one I want to check out. Go back to the Beatles. Go back to the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do our I little breakdown of the... Uh, yeah, I love the are. way they look, though. Like, the shells and everything, too. And how... Like, the fidelity like, on these I'm dudes. Just, I'm just imagining, like, when you hunt one and kill it and harvest... <laughs> right. Getting the carapace and then making armor. I don't have it like that iridescent that has, like uh, armor. Yeah, guys, for for this also being a podcast, uh, there's a lot of visual aspects. <laughs> I'm yeah, not. I we're, know. we're not changing <laughs> the fucking looking, thing. If you want to see it, you got to join the stream. I also, <laughs> yeah, I know they like. I'm just. I'm blown away with how quickly they're starting to turn these things out, and I just. I'm so excited to get into Alpha Two and explore these lands. And it, it, honestly, because we've been playing Conan Exiles a lot, where there there is a lot of different biomes, and I'm seeing like what Unreal Engine Five has to offer, and it definitely feels like and it, what it's insane to me is that you don't normally get this level of fidelity in an MMO. 
because textures tend to be a lot more flat. Let's see, because everything looks like it's got a lot of depth to it. And I know that has, they, so they have a new tool that they're using for creating like these type of land landforms. I guess the tool is actually called landform. But when it comes to like this thing too, oh my God, I'm all over the place, guys. This right here, there was a theory. So I don't think there's like actually when like- I was listening, it's like a big tower. It looks like the Eye of Sauron just with like coming out the top to the yeah. sky. <laughs> and, and someone had said too, that maybe this is how the ancients got to Vera. So that would be really cool to see if like, hey, is this gonna be like a huge ancient stronghold where you've got all those different mobs? I should probably pull on stream for people who are new to Ashes of Creation to, to check that out so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about when we when we meet up the ancients. Yeah, landform was really cool. I should probably pull that up. We can kind of look at that too, but they're, they're showing how tools that they're developing or, or, or working with, excuse me, to create the world. And the one of the things that's really cool about Unreal Engine 5 is that, I feel like I'm echoing again. I'll try to talk quieter. <laughs> one of the things yeah, that too excited. <laughs> I am, you can tell as I get more excited, the voice tends to get louder. So one of the things that they're working on is having the time to create these different tools, or I don't know if Landform is one that they created or if it's one that was available to them. But one thing that Unreal Engine 5 is able to do is to have higher fidelity items in a game, but not affect performance. It's some way that it renders, I know it's using like some AI rendering, so that way it can kind of upscale an image, but not tax the graphics card. So I know that they had talked about that they want the game. Okay, I thought it was their tool. That that's I, I believe it was too. They they create this, and what it does is it allows them to get these really high detailed textures. I'll I'll pull up some of that in the background for people to watch as I'm talking about it. Oh my god, no, that's that's Narc. We should just watch Narc's videos. We'll rip them off. <laughs> No, I know, I know, I know. I'm kidding. Oh my god, where was Landform? If you guys haven't, check out the Ashes Creation YouTube. This right here, this dude, is supposed to be what one of the war weapons or whatever that caused some of the stuff during the Exodus. Where's our Landform video? There's a desert biome. Gonna mute this right there. Okay, so this is a Landform tool, and you can see how they're just able to take all these textures and kind of blend them out, and. Again, the, the way that this works, it's allowing them to do so much more work at a faster rate compared to what they were able to do before. So I think we're going to start seeing environments start really popping off and start coming, especially the way that the workflow works in Unreal Engine 5 is that before it was almost like checking out a library book, right? Like one person could have the book at the time. Now everyone can jump in and work at in an environment at the same time. So it increases the amount of workflow that can be done. I know they're ramping up how many people are going to be on their team. I think they're up to like 170 now. I think they want to be around 200 by the end of the year, which uh, at what point do you stop? What point are you no longer an indie dev team? You know what I mean? Like what, at what point do you start being like in, intrepid studios is a real gaming studio. I guess that's when ashes come out, comes out, right? <laughs> <laughs> There'll still be people denying it. Oh, honestly, <laughs> the game will come out and be great, and and we're still gonna have people saying that it's a vaporware game. I I, I, I don't know I don't know how you see this. I right, they're just so stuck on their opinion of that the game is never coming out. Like, how do you see this and go that's never coming out? Like, if if you're making a fake game, like check go check out Pantheon. Like that game is unfinished dog crap. Like it is just it looks terrible, and like you're seeing like. Ashes is taking the t one of the things too is that a lot of times developers don't have the time to create tools, so Ashes was able to in-house design their own. There's here's the uh, 
the sand mama again ashes was able to design their own character creator right there they were from from scratch they were able to design this whole system and then uh, implement metahuman into that with some of the scaling and stuff stuff like that it, it's just amazing some of this too like i'm sure that quality isn't that as high as it is it's not showing 4k on the stream but it, it like the, the fidelion is insane, especially when you're looking at this and realizing this is going to be an MMO. Lord says, I agree. I see so many people talking about how the game is never coming out, but I just don't believe where they get those views from when they, they've made so much progress. I, I know it, it's insane. Like it's honestly, it's people who, when it first was, you know, being talked about and that sort of thing these people were like oh it's a kickstarter game it's not going to make it and then even with all the progress like that was their original opinion and some people just can't change their opinion so they're going to stick by it till till death pretty much <laughs> yeah and i think too you know there have been a lot of people that have been burned by kickstarter games and like i said annie and i have the alpha keys for this and those weren't cheap like and i've never spent that much money and like into a kickstarter you know thing before and the reason that we did that is we actually we believe in this game we want to see it succeed we didn't we didn't spend the money because we thought we were getting a game like i think that was also i think some people felt burned after they bought the alpha keys and realizing like it was just a like it was a network test we weren't there to play a game and I think some people had the misconception. Well, it wasn't really like that instant gratification right. they were looking for. Right, like, like they wanted to. They spent a lot of money, and then probably were expecting to be able to play this game like right away or at yeah, the it, very soonest. And, it, and yeah. no, no patience. That's the thing is like, man, when we went into the alpha, there was like floating barrels. There was tons of rubber banding, and the whole thing was we wanted to the was we want they wanted to get the server stable. And then find out what it took to break the servers. That's why they would port 500 of us into one area and see what happens. And they would then we you know we come back after a half hour. They recode something. There was one time we were supposed to be doing some sieges, and they had to shut down the servers for the whole day, and because it was they were frying the servers and they had to figure out how to recode. But you know what? Within like the next day after some coding, that it ran smooth as silk. Like it, it, I couldn't believe how fast and responsive the team was to things. Daryl in chat was saying that this game looks better than most games that are already out. I know, and I think my yeah, for real. Our, our kid says that all the time. She's like, she's like, how, why is this not out? It looks like it's done, and it's like that's in, <laughs> that's the part that's insane though. Is I don't think people also realize the amount of love and care that is being put into this game. Because we're just we're still seeing alpha. We're seeing stuff that you would not see most developers even like feeling confident to show. Maybe screenshots of it, but not video of it. Not like letting people get their hands on it and playing it. And uh, that that was the kind of the fear too with Alpha One is you know we had an NDNA, ND what not NDNA, NDA. which is NDA. We're like we couldn't even talk about it. We couldn't show it. So I I only have one recorded video because I was like man I felt parent. It was my first time doing something like that. And it was like I don't want to get my account deleted or messed up. And then and then I find yeah. out most of the content creators were already recording things and putting stuff out there, not re putting it out there, but saving it for when the NDA saving released. It for yeah, when it posted, yeah, right. Yeah, that's the thing is that yeah they didn't have all the core systems in that just playing the alpha like obviously we would have ran out of stuff if we were playing at months on end right i don't want it to get rushed either like i i want them to take their time Same. like, like I, I want to play it but i want it to be playable when it comes out right like let's not have it's such a bizarre thing for mmo players too is that everyone complains that everyone rushes the game 
and then what does everyone do bitching because the game isn't out yet and it's like guys you can't have i finally learned what this means of like you can't have your cake and eat it too and for the longest time it never made sense to me you can't physically have the cake in front of you and then eat it if you want it to stay because then it's gone in case anyone else didn't know <laughs> so what that is you're welcome <laughs> right i was like oh okay it finally makes sense to me for years i never understood why, what that meant so if you guys did i'm an idiot so whatever where was i going i just lost my train of thought here oh yeah like so it like like look at new world right i think that had one of the worst launches in mmo history the insane server queues the rush like the game was supposed to have more of a survival feel and then they just turned it into this mm like this it feels more pve there should have been more pvp aspect to it they tried to take some of the node inspiration from ashes and, and, and like put it in there wait we get cake eventually someday i'll i'll, I'll throw some cake <laughs> they're all never mind i was gonna i was gonna say i've got some cake but never that's <laughs> i almost said that too <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say if you guys sub, I am I am gonna wear a bikini, one of Annie's bikinis on on stream. So there may be some cake there. Your choice. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have some pretty uh, cheeky ones. Oh my god, that was the part that I wasn't expecting. Where it's like, oh, we can have everyone vote on what I wear. Anyway, no one subbed like, to me. Wait. No one fucking subbed to me. <laughs> I like yours better where we get to scare you in Dead by Daylight. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at this. This That right there, that land form that, so if, uh, sorry everyone who's listening on podcast form, come be cool, hang out on Twitch. You can see. It's on and, YouTube. Uh, yeah, we're watching on YouTube. But you can see, like, dude, that was an in game shot. So, yeah. So we talked about, let's see, where have we done? We've talked about the Sand Mama. We've talked about tanking, some, some ideas there. Let's see, we've got. Look to that, and then okay. So now we're gonna look into the cosmetics that are. are this is this month's. Yeah. So this is pack. this month, and and something to take away, right? Is because everyone gets upset because oh, you know, they're trying to sell cosmetics, they're trying to whatever. We everyone needs to kind of change their thought process of what we're looking at. These are going to be in-game assets. So even if you hate cosmetics, whatever, that's fine. But we need to look at these as these are going to be in-game mobs. They're going to be in-game factions and stuff that we're going to go against. So kind of taking it from that, this kind of gives you an idea of what the world's going to look like. So we can kind of look over some of this because I'm, I'm kind of excited. I love the big draft horse. Yes, honestly, so even cool. that was said to me multiple times. Like like Stephen has reiterated, and so has Margaret, of like what we're creating as assets in the world. And it, for me, it didn't click. And then it finally made sense of like... Dude, we've seen so many different biomes. Like we've seen what the world's going to look like, all, all these zones, because... We, I wasn't understanding what I was seeing. So every time we see this, a, a new month, we are getting a sneak peek of what's going to be in the game and getting an idea of what the style is going to look like, the artwork. It's just, I'm very excited for that. So let's see. It'd be uh, fun to look at all the <clears throat> previous cosmetic packs and try to figure out which parts of the world they're going to be in. I was in. just saying, Nark, Nark started <laughs> doing have, that. like a world map, yeah. Nark started doing that. He was putting some stuff together, especially if there's that like really cool purpley ghosty one. And he was showing like, it's got like that, that horse, the one that you really liked. It was like a nightmare. Yeah. And I he, know. I, I, bought my, I bought my pack a little too late There I was the one I actually wanted. <laughs> there was like a, a, a pre-pre-alpha zone and he was showing that it matches the same colors of that pack. So uh, I kind of want, I'll bring that up. Uh, next year, maybe we'll do that. We can go through previous cosmetics and we can kind of view it from a different lens of what we might be seeing in the game. Uh, I think next stream is we have the dev discussion. We'll see, be going over. See, Daryl says too, like you don't understand why people cry about cosmetics. If, if, if you don't like it, don't buy it. And I, like, that's how I am too. Like if you don't. Ultimately, it's just coming down to they can't afford it. So it's unfair. Right. I, I think that thing too is like, like people view it as they, a. Yeah. The fear of missing out, like. They're upset that they're missing out on a chance to get 
some of this stuff, which like I understand, but at the same time, not everybody needs the same stuff. Right. You're not a special snowflake. Like, I'm sorry, but some people are going to have stuff you don't have and it's fine. To, like, and, and the thing is like, they're just costumes. Like it's not even like in-game achievable armor. So that's always, I've had the disconnect where I'm like, if I can't earn it, it's obviously not better. So I don't know. Like I want to earn this stuff and I, and I you know, I've bought in a few of these because I thought they were pretty cool. I want to support the game. And also like, dude, like sometimes it's just fun to pop on like a cool cosmetic. Like, I don't know. That too. Like you need to, for example, the heavy horse, you need to actually get that horse in game first. Uh, that's a, and then you can slap the cosmetic on top of it. So you're not just being given a horse like at the start of the game. You need to actually grind and find the right horse. I think that to was stick your cosmetic on like my, one of mine. I got the one that is like it's like the teal and purple colors and it has the jellyfish mount. Like, I need to actually get a jellyfish mount before I can slap that skin on it and make it that color. <laughs> I think that's part of the disconnect, too, is that people think that they're going to, at level one, you're going to have all this stuff. And it, it doesn't work that way. So you have to, one, have the item. And yeah. only certain armor pieces are going to allow you to apply costumes on it. So you might have to wait till you're level 50 to be able to throw on the costume. Like, you're not going to be a level one run around in Epic Gear. So I think there's that big disconnect too, because there are a lot of games where you buy cosmetic, you're level one, you look like you just went through like every single ray of the game. And I can see that's kind of immersion breaking. Like if you're, if you're seeing like these really low level people, exactly like in ESO, you get the mount, like you, you actually get the mount. Whereas this one, you have to have that horse, right. To be able to put that skin on it. So you, they're just skins. So I don't know if you, if you guys have different feelings on cosmetics, you can fight me though. No, I, I know everyone has different opinions and I'm, I'm all for, uh, I'm all for those like really, let's see, friendly discord in, in our discord. So that's uh, me pimping the discord. If you want to have some discussions on cosmetics and to have some friendly arguments, head over there and hang out on top of that exactly. too. Like games still need to make money. Like even if it's being fully funded by Steven, like he's, he needs to make his money back, you right. know, at, at the <laughs> it's end like, of the it's day, an investment. and I don't mind, you know, games that have cosmetic shops, as long as it's strictly cosmetic, I cannot stand pay to win stuff that ruins a game. Right. But if it's just cosmetic for people to spend money on something and actually get something in game and also support the game at, you know, two birds, one stone, like, I feel like that's completely acceptable. I don't know why people get so upset over cosmetics. It's one thing if it's like pay to win. So like if say that armor set, if you put on that costume, now you're getting some sort of experience buff or something like that. That's completely different, but it's just the way it looks. Right. And I think for some people, their end game is cosmetics. And like, I think it makes them feel like they're a collector and then they're missing out on the pieces, but it's like, change your mindset if you're not a store collector then you're not going to collect every piece if you're a you know what i mean like if you're achievement collector then it, that if there's cosmetics based of achievements then just focus on getting those ones you i don't know i understand it because i, I honestly think that comes down to like impulsiveness like you, you have to control yourself a bit and realize you don't need every single piece of thing that comes out so i i kind of i kind of can see where those people who are their their collectors and they feel like they're missing a piece of the collection but if that's the part that you really enjoy and that you feel like you're going to miss out, then you're going to have to spend the money. That's just part of it. So I don't know. I have a, it, it, for me, well, I just, just don't. that just comes really... down to having like a gambling problem. Right. And, and I can <laughs> see it too. And, and, um, I, and the so... thing is too, is that Steven has said multiple times, if you're not feeling comfortable, if you don't think the game is going to be for you or you, you're not think, you know, it's not where you want it to be, don't buy these. 
like that's the whole thing is that these are designed for people who want to support the game and just i i, I understand because we, we you know the, and because we had we had a member who 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 newly learned about ashes and they brought up that too of like their concern about this and the community jumped on them which i don't think was right like it, they should have taken the time i guess it was one troll though in, in the discord unfortunately if you guys don't have the alpha packs you don't get to be in the alpha part of the discord which i think a lot of the the i think better discussion happens between i feel like those are where the true ashes fans are is we're all behind that paywall hanging out because the general chat on ashes can be kind of it can be a bit dissenting i don't like i personally don't care hanging out there i like to hang out with you know the people that have the keys and, and stuff like that because i again we're all the ones who are very passionate and very supportive of the game and i feel like that's kind of where the core of the fan base is everyone else in those those other discords you're, you're getting you know you're you're people that are pissed off because well they're very well the world didn't come out the way they wanted or hanging out in there yeah just hanging out in there to be a troll there's definitely a lot more trolls there exactly the people that are going to spend the money are definitely the ones who are who are supporting at the deepest and have the have are, are not i'm not saying that if you can't like i understand that some people can't afford afford it i'm not saying that you guys don't care but i'm definitely saying the people that spent that money and parted with it they definitely really care about the game are very passionate and those are the people that you want to kind of seek out and talk to because like i'm, I'm going to be critical of the game too like i'm not going to just blow smoke up and trap his ass about things like if there's something i don't like which we saw with the orcs like man i want to see like bigger jaws i have like some gripes on things and and it was like too like where there were systems where they didn't quite feel good like combat still isn't there and, and we're seeing the strives that they're making towards making you know making the fan base happy and that's just been a very unique experience with that and then if you guys enjoy just hanging out and talking that's definitely what this podcast is going to be don't don't expect it to be very rigid if, if that's your expectation we're not the podcast for you because we, I, I, even with like the twitch stream and stuff we, we want this to feel more community-based hanging out with friends having these discussions i'm not going to tell you ash's news or anything we're just going to go over give our opinions and that's kind of vibe that we want to throw out there so if you guys are into that come join our community the chaos and least cartel we're also going to be a guild in there i'm just going to randomly pimp this when it comes into my head and we can uh, we can go through and we can talk about so this one this this pack is called the tip of the spear so it's military might the projection of power the alan empire so alan were the you have valoon and what's the other what's the other name of the humans i don't really care because i don't play human sure yeah oh my god was it? it's eight someone 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 chat help me out i'm struggling here i, I know the valoon <laughs> because they're different anyway the the alien empire golden age saw the kingdom span the continent of vandegar from shore to shore through that's another thing cool thing i'm sorry i'm interrupting myself reading this a really cool thing too is you get a lot of lore out of these so if you even if you guys don't care about cosmetics i get it whatever it pisses you off should whatever Come, come read the lore. The lore is definitely where it's at. And if you don't want to read on here because you can't stand to see the cosmetics, hop over to the wiki. You can read that and see well-organized martial enemies and unparalleled naval force, the humans of the... This is what also makes me think that we're going to be getting... I'm sorry, guys. I can't stay on topic for can't shit. I cannot. I can't get off a fucking sentence because it was right there. That naval force. That's my theory for next week. And they're like, do. Yeah, ADHD is a tag for a reason, motherfuckers. So we, I have a theory that next next month we're going to be seeing naval. Oh, you guys can't see that. Let me lower that a little bit. Okay. I have a theory that we're going to be starting seeing ships, and especially since they're bringing, bringing that up in here, I just, I don't know. We keep maybe, seeing it. Maybe I should read it, and then. <laughs> you should. Actually, you want to do that. I will come back yeah. for a quick break. Oh, why are you leaving? I had to take a leak. Oh gosh. Oh, right. oh god, it's all on me. The pressure. 
<laughs> I'm definitely not the talker between the two of us. All right, so it says military might, the projection of power, the alien em- alien alien empire's golden age saw the kingdom span the continent of Van- Vandergar from shore to shore. Through well-organized martial armies and an unparalleled naval force, the humans of Ayla forged the largest nation in Varen history. The Kalar, the progenitor of that once great Aelin kingdom, seek to reclaim their former glory during Vera's reconstruction. Okay, so the Kalar are the other ones. So you have the Valun and the Kalar, which they come from that originally were the Aelin kingdoms. Okay, so look at that. We got this field marshals. Looks like a. Is that a. See the lion that's shining through from the back. That's cool. Is it. I didn't know we saw the other. That is pretty sweet. You can see that on that. What am I trying to say what this is? Cloak, right? It's a cape, yeah. It's a cape. Almost looks like it's got like a bit of like a... Cape with like pauldrons. That's pretty sweet. So no mere political or diplomatic... No mere political or diplomatic bestowal. The title of Fear Marshal is inaugural. Well, oh my God. Inarguably. Jesus, I can't read, guys. (laughs) I I can't read. I was trying to read it. I was like, oh God, there's all these words Uh, I've never seen before. (laughs) My mouth is getting dry. I should have got water. No one's told me to hydrate yet. Let's see. Oh, yeah. No mere political or diplomatic bestowal. The title of the fear marshal is an in, inarguably one that is well-earned. The soldiers of the Kalar military would not willingly follow any leader promoted to an unmerited position. The crimson cloak that bears a sigil of the lion is the single most recognizable symbol of the man or woman at the forefront of the Kalar ranks, literally leading their people onto the field of battle. So you can definitely. So if you see an NBC with that cape on, steer clear. I would say, yeah, if you see that, it definitely means that you're about to get fucked up. <laughs> see, and that's that's pretty cool though to like understand, like, and read through that of like this. If you see someone with that cloak that is not a player, like that's supposed to be like I would assume that's going to be a higher level NPC. I always love these too. So the Phantom of Barada. Yay! It's so cute. So check out this guy. So this is for anyone that is not on the visual medium. Oh, God damn it. Lori told me to hydrate and I don't have water. I w- Here, have a tea. Oh, have a tea. Last time I was yelled at because it wasn't. Hold on. Make sure you give it back. No, no. What the hell? <laughs> I was going to drink all my tea, damn it. Our professional com- professionalism comes with how unprofessional we are. It's just the brand. Okay, so for anyone that's not here for the visual media, honestly, I'm going to stop giving you guys warnings. You'll know. <laughs> so the Phantom of Barada. So we've got this guy right here. It looks like, oh, he's got a weird looking tail there. What, what, I can't think of what, lion? Not a lion? Yeah, I guess he's like kind a, of like a lion form, but he's white. He's a bit thicker. It's definitely like. like muscular wise. Maybe like a tiger. Oh, was that what I was trying to think? I don't, I don't know. He definitely got like that big blocky head. That body is pretty thick too. A thick boy. He's like a pit bull lion. (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Is a restless spirit that stalks the field of battle. Some of them. Oh, they're lions, aren't they? This whole fucking thing is lions. So I assume that's a lion. Yeah. Lion. There you go. White lion. White lion? Or, yeah. No, definitely lion. It is a restless spirit that stalks the field of battle. Some sort of ghostly apparition, a harbinger of doom, or it's simply a natural apparition and a rare prize for some big game hunter fortunate enough to stumble into its path. Few agree on the nature of its origin, but it is said in the ages past, the first alien king traced, attracted across the breadth of the riverlands, only to those the awe-inspiring creature in the tangled wilds of the Jundark. So we're getting some locations right there, guys. 
And so we see in the Riverlands, there is a Tangled Wilds called the Jundark. The king was so moved. Probably in like that kind of African desert looking see, area. Isn't the oh, Riverlands? Wait, the Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So this isn't going to be. This is actually going to be in more of that. I was like, just thinking where lions actually live. <laughs> give some East Asian vibes. I could definitely see that. I think they're going to be. Let's even look at the aesthetic. You can kind of see right here, like on the ground too. I think it's going to have more of that like European feel, especially the horse. You can you can tell that. But I definitely could see where you're getting East Asian with the with the colors. Just actually, kind of the helmets. You kind of have that little bit of vibe. So yeah, it, uh, we're trying to think of. As uh, I'm trying to think of like where is a culture that kind of starts to hit, and I guess that would be like your, if we're trying to compare, the yeah, pet co cosmetic. I'm trying to think of yeah, because that structure definitely is not as European. Say like what am I trying to think? Interlands, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it would definitely like kind of be in that area, but I I, I could definitely agree that it's probably gonna have. I'm trying to think of like where Maybe you more start. On, like, the plains. I'm, I'm the, yeah, I'm trying man. to I'm trying to think of like our in in our current society where you would go from like what's in between Asia and then your Europe, which would then be your Eastern European, right? So like Slavic and stuff like that. But it, I don't know if that was. You definitely see something. Definitely could see some of that up here, like the the Eastern Asian right there, and then this kind of has more of a European feel to me. I like to like trying to figure out where they're getting the inspiration from the different cultures. So back to this, only to those the inspiring creatures tangled in the wilds of Jundark. The king was so moved by the encounter that it inspired him to adopt the likeness of the official sigil of the Kalar nation. So the Kalar are definitely on more of that Middle Eastern kind of vibe, right? Kalar, no, yes, Kalar are the like Middle Eastern like. To this day, it appears on the nation's flag, on the seal of its official correspondence, and the pre predominant focus of the royal crest. Okay, I'm getting confused for a second. Alar, right? My God, my brain's breaking. Uh -huh. Whatever, I'll move off. <laughs> we'll go back. We'll look. Next, we have this guy, the Imperial Deserter. I love it. Right? He's so cool. Desert, desert. Did I read that right? De Destrier. Destrier. Imperial Destrier. The Lance Division of the Kalar Heavy Cavalry requires large, powerful, fearless mounts to carry their elite lancers into the fray, and the Imperial. I can't fucking say Destrier. that. Destrier. <laughs> is just the beast for the job. Bread and sanct. I was going to say, it looks like a like a horse that you would use for jousting. Yeah, so Alar so is So I was both. thinking, like, they have those those spears. I was like, I wonder if they do, like, mounted combat. What, so, yeah, so Alar is both. What What is the... Kalar is the more Middle Eastern, right? And then what, what are the other... I thought we read what it is. Valoon? No, Valoon's the... Okay, I fucked that up. Valoon is the <laughs> Middle Eastern. Kalar are the like European ones. Okay, so this would be more of a European kind of focus one. Okay, yeah, Kalar and Valoon. Valoon. Okay, Valoon is our our Middle Eastern kind of themed, and then the Kalar are your European. The Lance Division of the Kalar, at least that's what I've got from them, is that they they have that. I could be wrong with their culture, but the Lance Division of the Kalar Heavy Cavalry, I've already read that. Okay. Bread and, Bread and, and Sanctus. From Baron Stallion Stock, the mount's size, strength, steadfast loyalty, and agreeable temperament yeah. are uniquely suited for the kingdom's legendary cavaliers who value their steeds over any other possessions or their own personal comfort. I feel like this would be like something. So they definitely seem like they're like horse people. <laughs> this, I feel like this would be like something like the, the one that you would like to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> they have all the ponies. Annie loves ponies. 
All right. Do. Yeah, honestly, they're probably into mounted combat too because they've got the lances. I was, I was like, this they is have definitely your. Lances. I was like, I mean, they could be like spearmen, like foot soldiers. Yeah. So the seventh lancers. But it looks like yeah. So you can see they've they've got this kind of like lion coif. Uh, coif? Is that the right word? Their their helmet there. You can see they've got the different lion symbols on here, and I, I kind of like the uh, the color scheme on these guys. I could see I that. I could really I could definitely cool. see that being in like the Riverlands. I th I think that red would kind of go well with like the foresty area. And, uh, it'd be kind of cool to see if you like are able to hunt this dude down. Got a news. Oh, sorry. All right. So seven lancers. The seven lancers is the most elite, seasoned, and highly skilled unit in the Kalar military. So if you see these guys in game, run, <laughs> or make sure you've got a decent, <laughs> some decent backup. On the battlefield, rider and mount work in concert to overwhelm the enemies, demoralizing their resolve and outmaneuvering them at every turn. There are a few things that inspire so much confidence in their allies, allies while simultaneously filling their enemies with dread as the sight of the lion helm cavaliers thundering across the, the battleground. Okay, so does nice. that mean... I was thinking they looked like cavaliers. So does that mean we oh, are getting cool. mounted combat? I know mounts will have abilities, but are we going to have straight up mounted combat? And will you? I hope so. I really hope so. That's it, gonna be so cool. And does that mean that you're gonna live in the saddle? Yep. <laughs> this like encoded. So knowing now that they are big on like mounted combat, that's probably not quite the Riverlands. It's probably more of like plains that they live in. Yeah, I could see that. Because they wouldn't ride as much if it was a bunch of trees, you know. That's true. Because they did talk about in here that this guy. So it's it that he isn't found in that area but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all in that area so yeah i could definitely see that being so it might plains. be like a neighboring area to the riverlands but it's got to be plains yeah you probably have plains right next to the riverlands i could definitely see that and then we see and then we see their caravan right here this is the horn division supply wagon so cool. it does it looks really neat it definitely almost gives like this kind of like gypsy well gypsy ish vibe to me i like i like the i'm not supposed to say that word anymore <laughs> screw up I'm not, I'm not being PC. It definitely reminds me of gypsies. <laughs> what was what was the one from Notre Dame? What was her name? Gosh, wow. Esmeralda. Esmeralda. She was a gypsy, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah, that's what I I'm talking so. about. Not the, whatever. Everything has to be so goddamn <laughs> politically correct. Let's see. An army marches on its stomach, or so the saying goes. And it is the sole responsibility of the Horn Division to keep those stomachs full. Well armored and fully equipped and bursting with provisions, the Horn Division supply wagon are highly valued and closely guarded next to the field marshal themselves. Ooh, there's a little uh -huh. hint right there, too. The supply wagon's mess sergeant might be the most revered soldier on the, on the field. So... So if you see one of these, there's probably a lot of loot in it. Right, it's probably it's probably be heavy, heavily looted or have a lot of loot, but you probably have like a, definitely. So I'm saying too, like elites, right? So that these would probably be guarded by your elites. You'd probably have some pretty cool drops that you can get off of off them. I could because I'm assuming that caravans, Kaler have a European influence. So I speculate they live in the valleys and not so desert and not not so dense forest yeah i could definitely see that right so definitely like in the like plains and like a flatter area let's see god i get so distracted what was the last slide? someone play back what i just said you were just reading so i was talking about how that it's going to be heavily guarded but right. worth high risk high reward right much. so I, i'm not sure because i don't know if they've talked about if there's going to be npc driven caravans but i assume there probably are like I, I don't think we would just see caravans that are only going to be player driven so i would assume that you're going to have ones that we can also raid and that there'll probably be main cities on and 
go on along the roads and stuff. That'd be really cool. That would be really cool. And I, I just now thought of that, 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 that potentially you're going to have enemy caravans that are probably going to be areas that get contested for like PVP. That's another thing too, is with this game, that's going to be, you know, where the, there's no, it's a PVX, right? So there's going to be a lot of focus on PVE and PVP. So you're going to have the way that I kind of understand it is that if you are going to be doing a group, you, and I'm more so thinking of like a larger raid is that you're going to basically kind of split that raid up into your PVEers that will handle the PVE content and your PVPers that are going to kind of guard the PVP PVE players. So it's going to be a nice synergy between both. And so if you're going out and you want to take out one of these caravans, you're going to need part of the group that's able to take out, you know, the, the mobs, the elites and stuff like that. And then another part that's going to be kind of more predominantly focused on stopping other players from ganking your kill. Which I just, I love that idea, that, that gameplay. Also, if you guys are into PvP, we have created a V Rising server as well as a Conan, Age of Conan, not Age of Conan, my god, Conan Exiles, Age of Calamity server. Both of those have PvP, so people can kind of get acclimated, acc acclimated, Jesus, acclimated, I'm all over the place, acclimated to doing some PvP stuff. And then I think on V Rising, we're going to have their, the clan size has changed to 10, and I think the player size is 40, so we could have up to t four 10 man clans. So if you want to come in and do that stuff, join us. Join quickly before those spots get taken up because the clan is, I think, half full now. A little bit of advertising for the Discord in our servers. Let's see. So we did that. The Sentinel of the Empire. So this tower. So these are going to be able to be placeable on your freeholds. Cool. If you guys don't know what freeholds are, freeholds are going to be the in-game player housing. One of three. So you're going to have freeholds, which is you get an acre of land within the world. And then you've got apartments that you can buy within the metropolitans or starts up at village i think or town i can't remember exactly and then the next is going to be your instance departments where those are going to be like apartment buildings where you can get kind of like i guess if you were to think about how elder scrolls does their housing where you kind of at least i'm thinking of the skyrim one you kind of walk in you have your own building but it's inside another building that's kind of how the instance ones are going to be the aoc clan so currently we are those can be up to I don't know how many of those are. Those are smaller. So if you want to join the AOC server, it's kind of, I think right now we're not inviting people into our clan. So we have a clan of two. But if you guys want to make other clans, I know for V Rising, because of how the building is, we're a lot more relaxed about who we're inviting in. For Conan, we're still a little edgy about letting people join. But that might change if we get a lot more people in and then actually have like dedicated clans. That's also adjusted though too, that server to make it so it's easier to build and things like that to accommodate for it being PvP and also having a lower clan size. So back to the Sentinel Empire, Kalar strategy honed over many centuries by their alien and forebearers prioritize the placement, construction, and maintenance of watchtowers, forts, keeps, and other battle structures across the battlefield. What did I say? Stationary. Jesus. Stationary <laughs> battle structures across the battlefield. What did I just say? Battle structures across the battlefield. On Sanctus, where the military divin diviners and seers had no access to the essence required to work their craft, battle structures were indispensable assets vital to the timely dispatch of the early warring notifications needed to provide rapid, coordinated, and highly effective responses. So that's another thing too, is that when, so wonder what this skin would go over. I know, I'm curious too. I, I wonder if you can put watchtowers on your- Probably needs to, yeah, build a tower. I would assume you have a watchtower. Right, because right, because you may. This is just a skin. It's not the real thing. Yeah, because depending on like where you place your freehold, you may want it to be guarded. So maybe you would have some type of you know. I could I could imagine you could hire mercenaries or something to guard the tower or guard the land because especially once like those sieges hit too, like you're you're you could be if the if the 
if the whatever stage that is goes down, like for a period of time, like even your freeholds are going to be sackable. I know a portion of them anyway, which I'm honestly, it makes it so cool. It gives you a different reason to want to log in instead of like to do dailies or whatever. It's like, are we in a siege? Do I need to defend? Like, or I just, I just can see like you're going about your day, right? And you're just questing. All of a sudden you get this notification, like your, your, your village or town is being sieged. And it's like, fuck man, I got to drop everything. You're calling friends. You're like, yeah, I can't go to the barbecue today. I got to stay on my ground. Uh, you give me a reason to actually like not go to places. I'm like, yeah, you know how we had that thing planned? Fuck that. I got shit to do. You know, <laughs> just jump in chat. All right, guys, here we go. Yeah. My house is being attacked. Oh my God. Are you okay? No, I'm in game. And they're like, yeah, fucking 30 years old, still playing video no, games. I'm not okay. They burned it down. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to me, goddammit. My sprites are gonna die. So yeah, so I, I definitely think there's probably gonna be some need for some type of defense on your freeholds, and I think it all depends on how you build it out. I know I can't remember who who it is, but I know there's there's planned to be a tavern that is there's already community based about it around it that on one of the servers they're gonna make a tavern, and it's supposed to be neutral ground for everybody. So they they plan on placing their freehold and to, to basically be like this this even ground for everyone which i think is pretty cool is that they're already like rp uh, already having that rp thing where they're like yeah this is going to be our thing you know people are gonna and, and everyone's pretty much already agreed like nothing goes down in this one i want my tea back you want your tea back oh come get it yeah i'm not getting up i already got up the first time you can blame lord because he told me to drink it <laughs> i didn't come prepared i forgot you were told to drink twice and you only did it once did i oh, okay i'll just drink it. benefits of being in the same room i guess Oh yeah, so you can see the way for it. Okay, so we finished that. I'm not gonna go into pre-order packs. If you guys want to check those out, see all the prices on that. That's that's on you. Like I said, I just want to look at this for the lore, and so we can look at like what we might see in game. Very, I'm very excited. I really want to go back through and read all the lore from the uh, other stuff because we there's so much of it that I haven't read because like at first I was seeing I'm like oh, I'm not really interested in that cosmetic and then once I learned like you know these are all the in-game assets like oh shit like I want to learn a bit more. So how how are we on time? Oh my god, we're almost an hour and a half in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it just goes by. Okay, so we're gonna I'm jump in. When you're having fun. <laughs> I know. I, thank you, everyone who's been coming out and hanging out. Was that all of it? Anything you right. missed, you'll be able to check out the uh, YouTube or rewatch the VOD. So that's everything we want to check out there. And now we have a couple of different things that I'm gonna look into. So we're gonna pull this up. Oh my God, it's so loud. I'm sorry. Apologize. So this was a. It was, Make it big. Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Can't do that right now. I'm on stream. Oh my god, Jesus Christ. So this was a what would you do <laughs> if the, the first half of the what you what would you do was, you know, you see this player over here and you're you're this guy and then what was the plan is you, you know, a lot of people voted, well I'm going to go gank him. So this is our first look at seeing because in alpha 1 bows and everything were broken, it would literally crash the server. So they had to be removed. Yeah, so this is pretty freaking cool. This is our first kind of seeing ranged combat. Get, get your hint of it. But that's the that's the asshole player. Yeah, this is, this is a dickhead. Swift justice. <laughs> but so, this is a whole thing. Is if you're going to be I out love there. That bow. Looks so cool. If yeah, he goes and drops that him. So, so the thing, if if you're going to be out there, you're harvesting in the world. Like you're going to need a buddy to be like, hey, because we want some people might literally just play as crafters, right? Where he, he, because you're going to have the option to like. This, I always thought it'd be so cool to have a game where you have the option of like obviously you're gonna have to do some quests and, and stuff like that but like you have the option to just play a master craftsman if all you want to do is focus on being the best blacksmith the best the the best animal husbander yeah I, 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 there's, is that what what would you so best breeder i guess yeah best animal breeder but that's the well, thing like, animal husbandry, but right i want to know what that title would be god i need to sneeze again it's not coming let's see 
Okay. But yeah, if, like if you just wanted to play where you you were the best blacksmith, the best armor best craft. beast breeder. Say that five times. Best beast breeder. What else is there? So if you wanted to be the best tailor, you want to be the best alchemist. Like those are all options within the game to just solely focus on those paths. And it, 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 one of those things is too is like if, with the world's having that PvP, it's like hey, you know, your buddy who also plays and wants to be the best ranger. It's like, hey, come along with me. I want to go gather materials. Can you watch my back and, like, you know, help me in that area? So it gives that incentive that so many MMOs are missing of, like, finding a community, playing together. Like, I think that's one of the things that's pretty cool about playing some of the survival games that we play is that the world can be pretty fucking dangerous. And it helps to have other people to kind of play around with you and, and to hang out with. And it, it's just for me that social experience has been missing a lot in a lot of the MMOs I've played which yeah I mean I could work on building a community and things like that but the, the way that the games are built where you've got dungeon fighters and you know LFR like killed WoW for me it was really fun for me when it first came out because the raids were a bit more they were still kind of it was like you had your easy normal and hard and as a parent at the time like we where we couldn't really play it it was great to have that little bit of a dumbed down version but it got so dumbed down to the point where it was like you guys don't should not be here raiding and i'm not trying to be elitist but it's like you guys you don't even up. right you just need to show up to get through half it. the like, people are carried like because and i think that was a complaint oh these are too hard like yeah that's the point of raiding like it's hard it's fun like at first every, you know people would still do a ready check and make sure most people were there and then like towards the end you don't even care towards the end at least from our experience towards the end there'd be like five people who are afk right, because... <laughs> during the whole boss fight and it didn't even matter oh my god <laughs> finally came i apologize that came right through the mic bless you i think it came out for yours so yeah, because LFR and WoW was so much different than LFR and WAD. Like, World Warlords of Draenor was so unbelievably terrible that it hurt to play it. And like, even Mist was like, okay. Like, it it was almost like the way to learn the fights. You did it LFR, then you went into the real raid, and then you could go into Mythic. Whereas, like, I don't know what the point of the WAD ones were, other than, like, you want to see the story on easy mode? Here you go. So, anyway, alongside of this, we got this right here from Steven. We can see Rangers coming in September. So we're going to... Yeah, so excited. All right. So I think we're actually getting pretty close to wrapping up, but we got a couple more things. Uh, we, we try to squeeze this in during our yeah. two youngest nap time. So yeah, I think an hour and a half is probably pretty good. I think that for anyone, for anyone who's been here the whole time, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you learned today that, that yeah, Tafiti <laughs> is from Maui. See, <laughs> I saw this. I didn't read this yet, but Steven's leaking more stuff in the Discord. Some augments from the rogue subclass will con converse stealth like effects, though true stealth resides within the realm of the rogue's archetype. Additionally, rangers have a camouflage ability that grants them stealth at a distance, but at mid and short ranges, they are revealed. That's so freaking cool! Like. So basically, we're learning, like, if you want to be a complete rogue, you're going to need the rogue archetype, but you will have roguelike abilities if you go through those subclasses. But I think this right here, that, that camouflage that's granted by granted to rangers, like, there's going to be that they have, like, that mid-level stealth. I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty freaking cool. All right. Oh, you were, you were gone for that. How do you, how do you, oh my God, put your headphones on. <laughs> Jesus. That's gonna get clipped for the YouTube. Did you did you hear did you hear this? 
No, I didn't. Okay, I'll, I'll read one more time. Some <laughs> arguments from the rogue subclass will confer stealth-like effects. So if you choose rogue as a secondary, you'll get some stealth-like effects. But the true stealth resides within the rogue archetype. So to get the true stealth, you're going to have to rogue. But your mic is... Maybe I'm just being loud. Additionally, rangers have a camouflage ability that grants stealth at a distance, but at mid and short ranges, they are revealed. Oh, so at long range, you won't be able to see a ranger if they're using camouflage. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> All right. It seems like this is the time we got it. We, we're going to uh, end the stream. We got we got littles we got to pay attention to. But everyone, thank you for coming out. Isn't it Moana? No, so the movie isn't. Oh yeah, the movie's Maui, not Moana. The movie is called no. No wait, the wait. The movie's called, called Maui. Yeah, the movie is called Moana, not Maui. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh Jesus, what did About I say? Moana. Oh, okay. I am Moana. Oh my god, honestly, it's a pretty good movie. I, I like that one. We, we we watch so many of those different. Yes, we're we're very up to date on every single Disney movie that comes out. We were up to date with them before we had kids. One thing that's yep. gonna be that we will be doing. <laughs> yeah definitely until next time one one quick thing is uh depending on what shows come out we will be doing the uh, where those those the watch through i forget what they're called on twitch where you guys we can watch shows together what, what are they called i want to say play party but that's definitely not what that's called and that sounds way too dirty play for them party, to call yeah. that it's definitely not that, oh. that watch party there we go watch party there now we based go. on my first thing that still feels dirty yeah well the the house of the dragon Yes. Oh, that's gonna be. That's gonna be. A, that's gonna be a, yeah. So we won't be able to watch that one, but it's not on Prime. But but yeah, it's that. I'm excited for that. I'm pretty sure it's coming out while you're on your business trip, though. I Is can't it? remember. What the fuck? Yeah. You have to wait. We'll watch it together over what over stream. Hell? I'm gonna get so many spoilers on oh, social yeah. media. It's two days. Is there two more yeah, days? Two days. What what is that? Is that? We will just do a watch party. We can't do a watch. Oh yeah, we'll just do it over Discord. We'll watch it together. I could do that. We can set that up. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming. I think we will be doing the next stream. The next stream, we will be reviewing the dev discussion. The the God dev dev stream. No, the dev stream. So there's going to be a new dev stream next Friday. So we'll be talking about that on the following one. We'll probably kind of go through talk about the we probably won't do a watch through but we'll figure that out but yeah. yeah so thank you so much for coming out and hanging out if you like it like this give us a follow check out our discord there's some merch whatever anything any anything to support to helps. jamie so he wears a bikini but don't subscribe uh, to me because i don't want to play dead no, by daylight it's, I don't, it's up to annie don't Let's do it make, guys I, honestly i hope you get more subs than me because i want to why don't you play no. dead by daylight i want to be leatherface and chase you down it'll be so goddamn oh fun. my god i'm literally gonna cry on stream <laughs> we have to mute my fucking mom. Awful. all right all right guys thanks for hanging out we'll see you in the next one